Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the life that's in the word. You said that as we find it, it would be health to all of our flesh. So we believe, Lord, that even as the word is just being read in this atmosphere, life flows. Healing flows. Lord, we pray that you would give us greater insight. Open the eyes of our understanding. Flood our hearts with the light and love of your word. We give you praise that utterance is so freely given by the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, that each heart is open. Each ear is open to what you would say to the church. And we give you praise ahead of time, for it's in the name of Jesus that we all pray and say, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. You know, Romans 5, 8 says that God commends His love toward us in the while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Revelation says that Jesus Christ, amen, was the firstborn from the dead. And the scripture says, unto Him that loved us and washed us from our sins in His own blood. I am thankful for the blood. You know, people talk about, well, you don't know all I've done. You don't, you know, they like to pull out their dirty laundry list. Yeah, but you don't know the power of the blood. Hey, we overcome by the blood, by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. No sense living in the past. No sense rehearsing all those dead men's testimonies. No, we're alive unto God, unto him that loved us and washed us from our own sins in his own blood. Oh, that's the good news that God wants you to hear today. That he's not mad at you, he's mad about you. He loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Oh, glory to God. Do you know you're saved today? Do you know you're on your way to heaven today? Hallelujah. Do you know that you're healed today? Do you know that you're the head and not the tail today? Oh, why is it? Because love loves you. Say that real strong with me. Love loves me. Oh, amen. And there's no condemnation in this love. I said there's no condemnation in this love. The New Testament, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a message that killeth, but it is a message that gives life. The new covenant is a covenant of love. Amen. And the Bible says he didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but through his son, the whole world might be saved. And that's the message that the world needs to hear. They need to hear that God loves them, that his son shed his blood for them. They don't need to know a finger pointing judgmental God, a religious God. They need to know an uplifting God, a God that'll raise them out of the hell they're in and put them at his own right hand in Christ Jesus. Come on somebody oh unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood that's the message I heard in 1975 when I got born again sit there in a state hospital 
wondering what my future might hold. But one day I heard the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it delivered me out of darkness and translated me into the kingdom of His dear Son. It set me on a course. It put purpose in my life, all because of the great love of God. And you know, my God is no respecter of persons. What He'll do for one, He will do for all. Say it again real strong. Love loves me. And your Father cares for you. He's a loving Father. He's a caring Father. He's a providing Father. He's a healing Father. He said that healing is the children's bread. Oh, glory to God. He is your Father who cares for you. So I ask you, how come you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders? How come you're allowing yourself to be so distracted by the cares of this life? The Bible said that the cares of this life entering in and it chokes the word. It'll literally squeeze the life right out of you. But I'm telling you what, we need to act on that scripture in 1 Peter 5, 7, which says casting. You know what cast means, don't you? Throwing. Throwing all of your care, all of your cares, all of your concerns, all of your worries, once and for all upon Him. Why? Because He cares for you. I said He cares for you. I would rather live with the revelation of the Father's care than carry the cares of this world on my shoulders. How about you? Oh, it's a liberating truth. When you get a revelation of how much your father really loves you. Oh, it's a liberate. You'll be able to sleep at night. You'll be able to get up in the morning and say, good morning, father. This is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to be glad in it. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. So be careful for nothing, church. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Continue to make your wants and your requests known unto him who is love. Amen. And he'll grant it unto you. He will give you the very desires of your heart. Because after all, he's the father who places those desires on the inside of you. Oh, somebody shout, love loves me. Turn with me now to 1 John chapter 4, if you would. First John chapter 4, and we're going to look at these verses, verses 12 through 18. The Bible says, no man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God or love dwells in us, and His love is perfected or develops in us. Amen. Hereby we know that we dwell in Him, and He in us. Why? Because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father sent the Son to be Savior of the world. Whoever will confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him and he in God. Now notice this, verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. I like particularly the NIV translation says, And we have known and we have come to fully rely on his love. You see, God wants us to have confidence and trust and rest in His love for us. Oh, we've known it. We've experienced it. And you know what? Day by day, we're believing in that love. We're trusting in His care. We're trusting in His Word. Say it with me. I know and I believe and I receive 
and I trust completely on the love that God has to me. Glory to God. He goes on to say God is love. And he that dwelleth in love or in God dwelleth in God or in love. And love in him. See, when you get born again, this love is on the inside of you. The love of God is shed abroad, not in your head. But the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. What is it that enables us to forgive the trespasses of others? It's the love of God. What is it that lays to rest the past and refuses to look back at the wrongs and the hurts that we have encountered in our earlier ages? It is because of the love of God that is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. What retaliate against us and persecute us and talk about us that causes those things to just roll off our back like water off a duck's back. I tell you what it is. It is the great love of God on the inside of you. Oh, I'm telling you what, if you'll get perfected in the love of God, the love of God on the inside of you will never fail. You will be a success in life and you will become irresistible and people will want to be around you because they know there's something different about you. You better believe there's something different about you because there's someone from another world that came from heaven and now lives on the inside of you. You can forgive. You can forget your past. All because God's great love is on the inside of you. Now, this context of 1 John chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, is not really talking about growing and developing in your personal love walk. Now, we should be growing and we should be developing in our personal love walk. Because love is a fruit of the Spirit. Amen? But the context of 1 John 4, 16 through 18, is talking about growing in and being developed in the revelation of how much God or how much love really loves me. He said, and we have known and believed the love that God has to us, verse 16. God is love and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, or in other words, it's growing, it's developing, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. You know what? You do not have to be afraid that when you die, you're going to go to hell if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You don't have to think for one moment that you're going to be held down in a place called purgatory. Somebody help the preacher today. Because the blood has been shed and he has presented you before the father blameless in true righteousness and holiness. When you realize how much God loves you when the day of judgment comes, you can have boldness. Why is that, pastor? Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now I ask you this morning, did you wear your shouting clothes? I, I need someone to help me today. The first crowd wouldn't quite help me. They were just kind of waking up. And by the time I got warmed up, the benediction had to be given. But I'm ready to preach now. I'm ready to speak now. Are you ready to hear now? Are you ready to receive now? I just wonder. I think the amen alley is right over there. Glory to God. Glory to God. 
I was watching that funeral service yesterday for Whitney Houston. And Marvin Winans got up and he preached a message. T.D. Jakes preached a message. Glory to God. I don't know what you think about the whole thing, but I'll tell you right now. CNN and all these stations brought the gospel to the world. Amen. Jesus was glorified. The goodness of God was magnified. Oh, hallelujah. I said hallelujah. And I can remember... Before we purchased this building and before some things had happened in my life where I got some bad reports about this and about that. And we were going through some real serious trials and some real serious tests. I put that song on by Whitney and Mariah. There can be miracles when you believe. Hallelujah. There can be miracles when you believe. And I tell you what, I believed to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. And we got a miracle. We're sitting in right here today. I got a miracle happening in my body. There can be miracles. When you believe. When you believe what? When you believe love. When you believe that God's just so good. If Jesus hung on the cross for you and gave us his all, what shall prevent him from taking you all the way home and blessing you day in and day out and caught, oh glory, and causing you to be the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Woo, glory to God. We have known and we believe the love that God has to us. God is love. And he that's born of love is a son of love. And as a son of love, you can go into the throne room of grace that is above. And you can talk to your heavenly father. He isn't God. He isn't a religious God. He is Abba Father. Daddy, Daddy. The Daddy of love. Amen. I think we're ready. I said, I think we're ready. I think we're ready to hear the word of the Lord today. Look at me in 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Listen to what the Holy Ghost is saying to your heart today. Listen, there is no fear in love fear does not exist dread does not exist in the atmosphere of this revelation fear is the atmosphere of hell peace is the atmosphere of heaven and the peace of God that passeth all understanding it'll keep your heart and mind in this unstable society it'll keep your heart and mind in this crazy mixed up world the peace of God will pass up all opportunities to fail hallelujah there's no fear in love there's no insecurity in love There's no fear of the future when you got a revelation. Hey, God loves me. Listen, friend, if the devil can't scare you, he cannot stop you. I said, if the devil cannot scare you, blessed be God, he cannot stop you. My God didn't give me a spirit of fear, but a power and a love 
and of a sound mind. Fear is not natural to the born again believer. You have been delivered from the spirit of fear. And on the inside of you, you can cry out, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Jesus stripped fear in its own backyard. And he says, hey, I'm alive forevermore. And then he's transferred faith to you and to me. And he's given us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And he said to us this morning, there's no fear in love. Dread doesn't exist in this kind of revelation. You don't have to be afraid of the future. You can have faith for your future because you serve a faithful God. And your faithful God is a God of love. He has not brought you this far to let you down. My faithful father, my faithful God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God will never take his hand off of you. I mean from here until the rapture of the church or from here till we hit the grave, the love of God is going to penetrate every area of our lives. Do you get that today? Oh, hallelujah. But somebody says, yeah, but pastor, I deal with fear. Well, so do I. But the point is you deal with it. There's a difference between dealing with fear and coping with fear. The world will tell you everyone has fear. It's okay to fear. Bless your darling heart. But the word says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. And the word says, if you'll submit yourself to love and you begin to resist the devil, which is fear, that fear and the devil will flee from you. I'm telling you today, you don't have to cope with fear. Stop petting it. No more fear of getting on a jet. Amen. No more fear of being mugged. No more fear of losing your home. Somebody says, well, what if I did lose my home? What if you did? Is that the end of the world? No. They're building new homes every day. Well, what if I have to rent for a while? What if you do? Just keep working on the revelation of how much God loves you and enjoy your life right where you're at. Amen. There's no fear in love. No fear of cancer. Well, cancer ran in my family. But you know what? Healing runs in your spiritual family. And your spiritual family trumps your natural family. Oh, I'm preaching pretty good right now. Your spiritual family trumps your natural family. Yeah, but Pastor Mark, I'm afraid my heart's going to attack me. No, your heart's not going to attack you. Glory to God. You don't have to have a fear of panic attacks, anxiety attacks. You see, there's no fear in this revelation. But perfect love, what it does is it casts fear out. It gets rid of it. I deal with fear. You deal with fear. But just because we deal with it doesn't mean it's in us. Amen. I mean, you might have someone come knock on your door in the middle of the night and try to get in your living room. What are you going to do? Cope with it? (laughs) You going to cope with that, Sean? I don't think so. No, no, no. Going to deal with it. Somebody comes knocking up in here in the middle of the night. You better have a good reason to wake up Brother Thomas and Sister Thomas. We're going to deal with it. We're not going to cope with it. But see, too many Christians are coping with their fears. They're medicating their fears. 
They're talking about, it's good to talk about your fears. Let's just get it, just get it all out. No, don't even let it in. And then you won't have to get it out. Now I realize this and I understand this. Some people do take medication. There's bona fide real reasons for that. I'm not saying what some of you think I'm saying. But what I am literally saying is this. Is God who lives on the inside of you is greater than any fears that knock on the outside of you. And what we need to do is we need to learn to resist those fears. And then those fears will not be able to be accommodated or entertained and become strongholds in our lives. See, strongholds are those things that come to your soul, that come to your mind. Every one of us have thoughts come to our minds that our heart detests. Okay? But if you're keen spiritually and you're sharp spiritually, you won't sit there and listen to the devil all day. You won't entertain his thoughts. But here's what you will do. You will become very familiar with the love of God, but also you will become familiar with the weapons of your warfare. And these weapons are not carnal. But they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. A good friend of mine said years ago, he said, you're either casting imaginations down or imaginations are casting you down. See, you're either pulling down strongholds or strongholds are pulling you down. Amen? And so we are not helpless when those thoughts come to our souls. We don't have to think about them all day. We don't have to speak them. We don't have to entertain them. But we can take the name. We can plead the blood. And we can take the word. And we can put any fear on the run. I hear the psalmist saying, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. And then he went on to say, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I think we need to magnify the love of God, magnify the goodness of God, magnify the faith of God. Stop exalting the fears. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. And so every one of us deal with fears. Amen. But we can put fear on the run. Notice with me again in verse 18. There is no fear in love. But fully developed love, again here's that word, casteth out fear. That means it throws it off. How many have ever taken a nap to be woken up abruptly by maybe a cat? You know, cats just kind of have a mind of their own. I'm more of a dog person than a cat person. But don't get mad at me if you're a cat person. You can't take your offering back. It's already in the safe. But let's just say you got a cat and your cat wants to snuggle and purr. Sees you're sleeping. It's the middle of the afternoon. A Sunday after. I said Sunday afternoon, not Sunday morning. It's a Sunday afternoon and you know, you just went to lunch and yeah, you just, you're out. And then that cat just comes, jumps in the middle of your chest. Question, what are you going to do? Oh, nice cat. Here, kitty. No, you're going to say, boom. Ah! 
you're going to get rid of, you're going to throw that cat across there. I know you. I know you'll do that. That's what we got to do with fear. There's no fear in love. But this perfected love, this, this revelation of how much love loves us, amen, it will displace or cast that fear out. Amen. I like, I like to call it the law of displacement. The law of displacement. What is the law of displacement? Well, the law of displacement could be illustrated by a glass of milk right here. And this glass is full of milk, but above you have a huge faucet of water coming out. You want to get rid of the milk, so here's what you do. You keep pouring the water in and keep pouring the water in and keep pouring the water in until eventually all of the milk is displaced. And the same thing is what you do with the revelation of the love of God. You just keep working with it. You keep confessing it. You keep meditating on it. You keep your heart filled with how... I'm telling you, wake up tomorrow morning and just... I, I double dog dare you. Just talk about how much God loves you. Love loves me. At lunchtime, just declare, you know what? My father loves me. My father's crazy about me. All day long, I'll guarantee you what will happen when the test comes and the persecution comes... And the distress comes as surely it will. When you're full of this revelation, those things will not be able to penetrate your life. I said those things will not be able to penetrate you. Now, I wish I could stand up here and tell you that I've arrived and I have fully arrived at a revelation of this love. I haven't. But you know what? I'm working on it. Because there's a million and one things that come to the city of our souls on a daily basis. Amen. And one thing we know for sure, that the enemy is the accuser of the brethren. Amen. Is he not? Amen. And what he wants to do is he wants to bring accusations to the city of your soul, getting you to doubt the goodness of God and the love of God. Now, I'll be honest with you. There are some things that on this side of heaven, I don't understand. Are you, are you listening? There has been some things that have happened. There are some things that I've seen that I just don't understand. But one thing I have determined in my spirit, I'm going to always stay on love's side. I'm going to always trust in the love of God. I'll find out about some of those things later or when the Lord's ready to tell me. But I'm not going to turn my back on God just because life is not one great big rose or flowery beds of ease. Are you listening to me? And here's what the enemy will do, is he will present to you an accusation against your father and against the goodness of God. Well, if God, if, if God was that good, how come that happened to you? If your father was really that good, how come you to lose this? If you really had a revelation of how much God loves you, how come your son is rebelling and sleeping with the devil? Those things are serious accusations. Are you listening to me? And I've got something I need to say to you today. In life, 
always stay on God's side. No matter what. And in life, never, ever, this is worth your drive today, never, ever, ever, never, ever feel sorry for yourself. Because the enemy shows up at every pity party. And he'll play the violin. And you know what? He'll get other people to come to the party. Sometimes he'll even use a relative. You know that relatives sometimes can yield to wrong spirits? I'm not talking about Brenda. I'm talking about me mostly. Pity parties. Well, yeah. I mean, wow. If God. He said to Adam and Eve, has God said? Trying to get them to doubt the veracity of love and the Father's word. He is the accuser of the brethren. Now, I want you to notice in Revelation 12, verse 10 and 11. We're going somewhere now. Never feel sorry for yourself. Revelation 12, verse 10. says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ... Notice this. For the accuser of our what? So who's the accuser of the brethren? The enemy. Is cast down. Notice. Which accused them before our God day and night. So if he accuses us, you know for sure he's going to try to get you to doubt his love. See, what what he wants to do is he wants to separate you from God's love. When you separate two parties, there is a distance placed between them. Are you listening to me? Sometimes you have to separate children in children's church. There are today, what's the date? February 19th. There are today, not thousands, but there are millions of Christians that are separated from the love of God. But God never, ever moved. God did not separate himself and does not separate himself from people. People separate themselves from the love of God. Listen, God is eternally good. God does not change. His love never changes. But what happens 
sometimes is Christians listen to these accusations and begin to doubt the goodness of God and they start walking away from Him. Going their own way. It's dangerous to go your own way this day and this hour. It's not the only thing that separates people from God, but it's one thing. Now look with me at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. And this needs to be our attitude. And my prayer is, and that my hope is, is that people that have gotten out of fellowship with God and gone the way of the world, the way of the flesh, and their own way would come back to God. Didn't the prodigal son do that? Did you notice that the father's attitude toward the prodigal was not one of condemnation? But the father's attitude toward the prodigal was one of love. As a matter of fact, he saw the prodigal coming from afar and he ran out to meet him. And with his loving arms, he embraced him. Now notice with me, this is very interesting. Romans chapter 8 verse 31. It says, what shall we then say to these things? If God, or we could say it like this, since God is for us. Come on now. Since God is for us, what difference does it make what comes against us? Verse 32. Read it with me. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Stop right there. Who is it that would want to lay an accusation against God and his elect? Okay. Notice this with me. Who shall lay anything to the charge of love's elect? It is God that justifies. The answer is right there. It's not God that condemns. It's God that justifies. Look at the next verse. Verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? And then he answers the question. It ain't God. Because it's God that Christ that died. Yea, rather that he's risen again. And he's even at the right hand of God. And you know what he's doing for you right now? He's making intercession for you. Understand this. That he is not the condemner. He is your substitute. He went all the way to the cross. He went all the way to hell. He went all the way to heaven to justify you and to make you right in God's sight. But you know what? He who began a work in you, he is absolutely committed to performing it and to completing it. And one way that God performs his work and completes his work in Mark Thomas... And in your life, yeah. is he prays for us. I'm glad he's praying for me. I'm glad he's making intercession for me. But another way that he completes us and perfect, uh, perfects us is he begins to show us more light. Everyone say more light. more light. It is the entrance of his word 
that gives us light. Isn't it? Now, what is sin? We're going to work with that in a moment. What is sin? Sin is violation of light. Sin is darkness, is it not? And so, when we grow up in God, and we walk in the light as He is in the light, we can completely trust that His blood cleanses us continuously day by day. That's good. Now, I've discovered this, and you might have as well. Once I get to a certain place where I think I'm doing really good, God shows me something else. Now, He doesn't condemn me, but He convicts me. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. Your heart will condemn you or make you aware in your conscience that something's not right. But when God convicts you, He always convicts you with the end in mind to share with you and to show you the truth and show you an area where you need to come up in. To help us. And so I've discovered that, you know, when Pastor Mark thinks he's doing pretty good and thinks he's arrived, I discovered that I just barely left the house. And God will show me another little area in my life that I need to come up in. What is that? That's light. Sometimes it comes in the form of correction. And correction's good. Are you listening to me? Correction's good. You see, when we know to do good and we don't do it, what is it? It becomes sin or violation of light. But when we walk in the light, as He is in the light, His blood continuously cleanses us. Now let me share with you something that I found out. When I see an area that I'm not perfected in and that I need to develop in and grow in, I've always discovered that the Holy Spirit is right there to comfort me. Are you listening? I have always discovered that the Holy Spirit is right there to bring encouragement to my soul and to stand by with His help, with His strength, and with the grace of God to enable me to come up and to walk in that place. Amen? So if you see something and you're feeling all condemned and you're getting hammered in your soul, that's not the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is your consoler. He's your comforter. And He is your helper. Let's look back at Romans chapter 8. We'll close this up for today in a moment. Romans the 8th chapter. And let's notice where we left off there in verse 34. Who shall separate us? Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God. Look at your neighbor and say, love, love. Loves, you. loves you. Say this with me strong. Love, love. Is, praying for me. is praying for me. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Look at this list. 
How about a little tempting, testing, and trials? How about some stress? How about some persecution? How about going hungry for a while? Will that separate you from the love of God? How about nakedness or peril or sword? The answer is no. Read verse 36. Ready, read. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Verse 37. Read that first word. What does nay mean? Nay means no. Paul is answering his own question. Paul is saying distress, persecution, tribulation, none of those things will be able to separate you from the love of God. Listen, I submit to you this morning that God's love is hovering over you. That God's love is in you and that God's love is all around you. Don't walk away from it. And if you have walked away from it, make an about face and walk back into the things of God. Walk back into the light of his presence. Walk back into the things that you know to do. And you will find the grace of God and the love of God will carry you and accept you and enable you to do it. Look at verse 37 again. He says, no, in all these things, what are we? Let's read it together. Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through him. Him that what? Him that what? So you're more than a conqueror, huh? Yes. Through him that what? I am more than a conqueror. I'm looking at a congregation, not just of conquerors, but I'm looking at a congregation of more than conquerors. Now the word conquerors in the Greek is Nike. Or Nike. How many of you have seen an ad... From Nike over the years. Swoosh. Nike is a picture of a winner. They have all these sporting idols, if you will. All these people wear Nikes and they advertise Nikes. Why? Because they want their brand to be affiliated with winners. Right? And if you buy those Nike golf shoes, you'll be able to do under par. And if you will buy those Michael Jordan Nikes, you'll be able to win six or seven NBA championships. In other words, you want to identify with winners. When you came into the family of God, you identified with Christ, and Christ identified with you. You are not who you used to be. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can't get, you can't be more of a winner that way. But notice he says, nay, in all these things, we aren't just conquerors. 
We aren't just Nike or Nike, but we are more than. The word more than is Hooper. And Hooper means way out beyond, literally more than, more than. So in Christ Jesus, you are a Hooper or hyper winner. Through him that loves you. Love loves you. And there is no fear in love. Place your hand on your heart right now as we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, let this revelation resonate with every one of us. May we be granted by the head of the church a rich revelation of the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. And to know your love, which passes knowledge. Hallelujah. You see, many people never have experienced unconditional love before. But God wants his people to experience it this morning. Amen. God wants you to experience all four dimensions of his love. I wonder how long God's love is. You know, his love is long enough to last forever. I wonder how wide it is. You know what? His love is wide enough to be everywhere. There is no place you can go where God's love is not. You may not feel his love, but his love is right there. I wonder how deep God's love is. I know this for sure. It's deep enough to handle any problem I'll ever face. Corey Ten Boom said this, There's no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. I wonder how high God's love is. It's high enough to overlook and to forgive all your mistakes. Every head bowed and every eye closed. This has got to become a foundation in your life. You wonder why you've got so much stress, so much instability in your life? Because your foundation is shaky. Why are all these things and all this stuff going on in my life? Is because there needs to be stability in your life. And what will make you stable is to build your life on the foundation of God's love for you. This truth that I spoke to you this morning has got to be the cornerstone in your life. And this is what is going to produce a stable, significant, and satisfying life. I want to ask you today to build on the love of God.